Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of God, the most gracious, the most merciful. Hi guys, I'm Chelsea. Welcome to my podcast, The Smart House. This is my third episode and today's podcast is going to be called The Devil is a Jinn, Not an Angel. Okay, so I just want to bring you guys a, a perspective, an Islamic perspective and kind of fill in the holes to the story of the devil and how his basically reign and rebellion has has come to come to be so again I just want to put a disclaimer out that if you guys are new to um, Islam or you're a Christian and you don't really know much about it I just want to say that if you really want to know a true understanding of Islam that you guys seek the knowledge of the Quran that is our book it is it is a recital sent down from an angel and it was recorded by man. So our book is infallible as far as the translation and the versions go. There's just one Quran. You know, there's not any different versions. There's there's like maybe difference in translation, but as far as the word of the Quran, it is all the same. So Again, I do have notes. Uh, my podcasts are kind of like free flowing. I just try to talk to you guys as like a regular person. So um, excuse my, um, you know, I guess the, the freeness <laughs> of this. But again, and the same as the Christians, if you guys really want to understand um your religion as a Christian, you guys should look to the Bible. Don't look to the churches. Don't look to the people. Same with Islam. Don't look to the Muslims because Christians and Muslims are just people and we make mistakes. So if you really want a true understanding, seek out the book that you, you believe in and always pray for protection too. That's a good thing. You know, whenever you, if you're, if you are a Christian and you're wanting to kind of verify what I'm saying or just are are interested in learning more just say a prayer of protection before you read the book because I understand I used to be a Christian so I understand um where you guys' mind frame is for the most part so I just before I get started um I just want to allude to something called the hadith so the Quran is our is our book it's like our bible it's our main book But we also have other books called Hadith and the Hadith are just recordings of the prophet's life, him and his wives and like his Sahaba, which were his like his holy companions. Well, I don't want to call them holy, but his righteous is a better word. His righteous companions, kind of like the disciples of Jesus Christ, like they were his right uh, hand man's men. (laughs) There we go. And so um, and what is called the hadith that I'm referring to is called a golden chain and what the golden chain is is kind of like bibliography it's just like recording the source so a golden chain is basically verifiable sources of like um linking back to the truths of the prophet and his wife so basically like this came from so and so from this scholar from this scholar all the way leading back up to the prophet himself those are called golden hadiths those are like a one as far as um you know 
verifiable hadiths because not not all hadith are truth so you have to be careful like of like what you get into but for the most part um we do verify our hadith so if you're a christian you're kind of new to all this so um just kind of sit tight because i am going to tell you guys the story of iblis that is the name of the devil he did have a name and he does have a name and and just kind of give you guys again an islamic perspective but the reason why i'm informing you guys about hadith is because some muslims don't follow the hadith they believe that the quran is sound enough to live like a righteous guided life and to make it back to the heavenly gardens you know heaven paradise the eternal gardens basically you know the garden that adam and eve fell from so it's not of here so basically the hadith is like a map but the reason why the hadith is so important in this story is because all these details are not found in the quran so if you're a christian and you want to learn more and you go to the quran and you're looking for like these smaller details of the story that i'm going to tell you guys it won't be there it's actually in hadith so um i'm just going to give you guys Again, some Quranic verses just to back up my claims as fa- as far as like following the Sunnah. And again, the Sunnah is just the Prophet's life. It's just our Prophet. Again, in Islam, we worship the same God as the Christians. Um, we both believe in the teachings of Abraham, Moses, and Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So these religions all fall under Abraham. Okay. So, um, in the Quran, 8... Um, chapter 8, called, they're called surahs, but chapter 8, it says, we have sent, chapter 8, verse 10, I believe, it says, we have sent you bearing witness, bringing good news and warning so that you may all believe in God and his messenger, as well as honor, respect and glorify him in the morning and the evening. Glorify God. Those who pledge their allegiance to you pledge their allegiance to God. So, God is saying in the Quran that those who pledge their allegiance to the prophet, they also pledge their allegiance to God. So this is just God saying to follow the example of the prophet, basically follow the sunnah. Okay, the prophet's life, even in Christianity, we all know that the prophets are going to heaven. We know that Moses, David, Solomon, you know, Ishmael, Abraham, we know that these are righteous men. These are righteous people. We know that they're going to heaven for sure. They came down as messengers bearing the sacraments of God. So basically, it's kind of like the Hadith is like a blueprint of the prophet's life. So if you believe that the prophet is going to heaven or just like Jesus Christ, if you had every detail of Jesus Christ, how he lived his life, His life would be basically like a blueprint to make it to heaven. Would you not follow that same map, that same blueprint to get to heaven? It's like a laid out map of like how to live your life properly to be guided on the right path of God. So that's kind of like, it's a blessing for sure to Muslims to see how the prophet lived because he's the only prophet that we really know of God that we kind of know almost every detail of his life almost everything is recorded 
and that's for a special purpose as far as jesus we only have bits and pieces of the gospel and what the gospel is is the words that jesus spoke directly from his mouth and those are very hard to capture because you have to be there you have to witness it and sometimes those things over time the the text gets skewed and misinterpreted and things get added in and taken out and then over time it's not authentic anymore so the gospel was almost like just for that time of Jesus Christ. But again, um, no disrespect to the red words in the Bible because those are supposed to be the true words, the true gospel of Jesus Christ. So just continuing on, it says God's hand is over their hands. Those who break their pledge only break it against themselves. So it's basically saying like, it's up to you. It's like you can pledge your life to the teachings of God's prophets and messengers or, you know, or you you can choose not to. It says, but as far as those who fulfill the contract they have made with God, we will give them an immense reward. So this is just, again, saying um, the rewards that you will get if you follow the footsteps of the prophets. How can you not have a rewarding life and a huge reward waiting for you um, after this life. Also, I just want to give you guys another Quranic verse. This is so important because I come across a lot of Muslims who don't believe in the Hadith. And I used to be one of those. Not that I didn't believe in it, but I didn't follow in it. I didn't follow in the Hadith. And this was when I was very weak in my religion. And... I don't want to be judgmental, but I, I think it's kind of being passive with your religion if if you're a Muslim and you don't really follow the Hadith because it does bring more it brings more righteousness into your life. Basically it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the Quran is college and the Hadith is like med school. It's like even perfecting your religion more. So it's like more things that you have to understand and learn and take in. But if you're sincere, I think that every Muslim who is sincere will really follow the Hadith. And I'm going to give you another verse here. In Surah Al-Azab, um, verse 21, it says, You have an excellent model in the messenger of God. An excellent model for all who put their hope in God in the last day and remember God much. So you have an excellent model. What is a model? Again, I was just talking about blueprints. You have an excellent model. The prophet's life was, as far as we know, it's like he was just a regular man, but he was a man of God. And God took him through a lot of things. He used to be rich. There were times where he was poor. He had wives. He ate. He drank. He slept. He had, um, you know, troubles just like every other person. He he has gone to war. You know, he's basically lived a, a, a normal life as far as the average man can relate to. And so God says right here that we have an excellent model in him. So again, this is just... This is just verifying the Hadith and saying, you know, that God does want us to follow in the ways of the prophet. Okay. And even Jesus, as far as the Bible says, I am but a man sent to you by God. That's what he says. So all the prophets are men, but they're, they have a prophetic blessing over their life. Also in Surah Al-Imran, in chapter Surah 164, 
Okay, basically, it's um, it's Ayat, excuse me, Ayat 164, Sir Al Imran 164. It says, God showed great kindness, excuse me, God showed great kindness to the believers when he sent a messenger to them from among themselves to recite his signs to them purify them and teach them the book and wisdom even though before that they were clearly misguided so this is saying basically the messenger is a blessing his life is a blessing so we can see how a man can live he goes through trials he's tested and yet he still can make it to heaven if you follow in the footsteps of a prophet how can you not make it to heaven if you're sincere in faith and, and, and diligent in, in good deeds? So it says God showed great kindness. Like anytime he sends a prophet, it's only for the benefit of you. It's only for the benefit of mankind because God is free of us. He doesn't need anything from us. Okay. So I'm just reading over this verse again. He sent a messenger to them from among themselves, meaning that he was from us the prophets are from us they're always from those people at that time and they're no different okay so another verse in surah anisa is chapter 4 verse 80 it says whoever obeys the messenger has obeyed god obeying the messenger god himself wrote these words in the quran because again it's sent down from an angel so when god says whoever obeys the messenger because i really want to get this clear especially to the muslims who do not follow hadith this is in your quran it says whoever obeys the messenger has obeyed allah obey your messenger please follow in his ways follow the hadith get into the hadith follow the sunnah if you don't know where to start there's apps you can just download an app on your phone and just start reading them every day like get into it because god wants this for you he says if you obey him you obey me they're an example for us to follow these these messengers okay also quran chapter 33 verse 56 it says indeed god confers blessings upon the prophet and his angels ask him to do so it says oh you have oh you who have believed ask god to confer blessings upon him and ask god to grant him peace so so prophet muhammad the the prophet of islam is blessed by god and his angels so basically the angels Acts God, the angels are praying over the, these prophets. The angel prays over the prophet of Islam, Muhammad. And there's no separation in those chains because Jesus alluded to the coming of the Quran, the Islam. Okay? In the book of John, Jesus says, I there there will be, you know, a light to come. There will be a comforter to come. Okay? And he says, he shall speak, he shall not speak of himself, but all to the world shall he speak and he shall glorify me. Basically saying, not worshiping him, but he shall, he shall, he shall confirm my ways. He will teach the same teachings, but it says that Jesus also said that, um, he could, he could bring it now. He said, but you basically wouldn't understand. 
So he was alluding, he was, that was a prophecy that he was alluding to the coming of this testament. Okay, because basically the teachings, the teachings of Muhammad, when, when the angels started to visit Muhammad and they started to bring down this recital, this Quran onto him, Barakaius was the one who was there. Basically, that was, that was his uncle. Okay. And that's the father of Zacharias. Okay. Basically John the Baptist. If you guys are Christians, you're more familiar with that term. John the Baptist. Okay. That's, that's Barakaius. Okay. So like, this is, again, I'm just trying to show you guys that this is like almost one religion, but the, the, the Quran is the, the book without the contradictions without the dark prophecies okay so i think i mean i think that's enough as far as the hadith goes you know i i just really want to give you guys sources just to let you know that i'm not just speaking of myself or i'm not making these these things up because you will have people who will try to come and attack you and say like oh you're lying this is not this this is not that it's like I'm giving you the proof here because I do want to spread beneficial knowledge. Okay. So I'm just going to get into the story of, of the devil. Now, here we go. So basically, um, Christianity and Islam, we both believe in devils with an S like spirits Okay, so again, the name of this podcast is The Devil is Not a Fallen Angel, The Devil is a Jinn. So in Christianity, it alludes to the devil being a fallen angel, which is not true because angels are created from light and they are righteous and they will always be righteous from the beginning of their creation till the end because God did not create them to have free will. So basically, they don't do what they please. They're not like us. They can't, they don't choose to, you know, um, they don't choose to obey God or disobey God. They basically, sorry guys, there's some, somebody walking beside me, but, um, excuse me, they basically, Anyway, they basically have to follow the orders of God, okay? They are soldiers of God. So if God sends them down to the earth to um, help in armies of the man, or they send them down for special for special um, reasons or purposes to carry out his will, they do it. And they are happy to do it. They are um, happy to worship and praise him at all times. So... Iblis, that's his name before he became um, astray, before he went astray, before he, he was called the devil or Satan. His name was actually Iblis. And I just want to give you guys a Bible verse to kind of allude to the belief that you guys, as far as Christians, do believe in multiple spirits. So Luke 11 and 20, Jesus says, I cast out devils by the hand of God. So he used devils with an S, which is plural. Okay. And so basically that means that 
there's more than one. And Christians do believe in devils, demons, spirits. And I'm not speaking about ghosts. I'm not speaking about people who have lived and died and then their spirit is kind of like in limbo or trapped here on earth. I'm not speaking about that. Jinns are actually beings who are made from fire. They're made from a scorching wind. So mankind is made of clay and the jinn kind are made of fire. Now, it says here um, in the Quran, Al-Hijr, and that's the name of the, the chapter, um, verse 27, it says, and we created the jinn before from scorching wind before alluding to before mankind so actually the jinn kind were here before us okay and the angels are created creations from light so jinns are more so like energetic force fields and as far as like science goes there are rays of light that we can't actually see so and this is the same with the jinn we actually can't see them they have powers to like reveal themselves to us, but most of the time they're too fine for the eye to see, as the Quran states. So, basically, I just want to get into um, why God created the jinn. It says in Al Dariyat in the Quran, verse 56. He says, I did not create the jinn and mankind except but to worship me. So I'm just going to explain to you guys. Basically, the jinns are just like us. They just don't have physical, visible bodies. Okay. And basically, jinns can marry. They can eat. They drink. They do die. Although they live longer lives, way longer lives than us. But they have free will just like us. So when they want to worship God, they can worship God. You have different types of jinns just, just like man. So you have some jinns who are Buddhists, atheists, Muslims, Christians. Like you have all kinds of tribes within the jinn kind, just like you do with mankind. Okay. So and the literal meaning of the word jinn is to hide or conceal as they are hidden from mankind. So sorry, guys, I'm just looking at my notes here. And so basically, I just want to get into the story. And I'm going to get into the story. So basically, a believing jinn is called a jinn, and an evil one is called a shayateen or a devil. And it's kind of the same with mankind, like, you know, men, men are men, women are women. But as far as like, you know, the saying goes like, oh, wow, like that guy's devilish or like that girl is like, oh, she has like a demonic, you know, vibe about her. Like those sayings kind of like that. Basically, they're the same. If you're an evil jinn or you're an evil man, they're brothers. There's no difference. Okay, so basically we're here to test one another. Okay, so I'm just going to get into the story. So basically, before mankind were created by God, he created the jinns first. Okay, and as I explained, they do have free will. And this is in the Hadith. So if you want to learn more, you can 
look up the Islamic Hadith. There's also videos on YouTube that will tell you, you know, Hadith verses. And uh, there's just so many ways. Again, there's apps. But here's the story. So jinns were here first on earth. They had the free will to fly in the lower parts of the heavens and on earth. So they can travel. They're beings of of fire, uh, a smokeless fire. Okay, so you you know they can travel around. So the story of Iblis, Iblis was basically a very pious jinn. He was now this is the devil. Iblis was um, very close to God. He wanted to be the best of the best. You know, he wanted to be amongst the, the, the righteous of his kind. So he was actually so pious that God allowed him into heaven amongst the angels to be around them. Okay, so he was allowed to do work with the angels. Sometimes God would send angels down to the earth to slay some of the jinns who were causing so much corruption. So like the jinns who were murdering and like doing heinous crimes. Sometimes God would send down troops of angels and Iblis would be amongst them to like rid the earth of some of the evil jinns that were here. So... And this is going on for a while. Um, Iblis was very popular. He was very known. Again, he was like um, a messenger of the jinns. He was very well known like to be righteous amongst his kind. So God said that he was going to create a vicegerent. In Surah 2, verse 30, God says, Behold, the Lord said to the angels, I will create a vicegerent on earth. And a vicegerent is basically a khalifa, which means a successor, a leader, a guardian. Someone who God wanted to give dominion to over the land and the animals and over the earth to watch over it, to maintain it. So basically that was our job. This was Adam. So this is the coming of Adam. So for hundreds or even thousands of years, the jinns were on the earth first. So they were created first. This is like, this was their, this was their land first. And then God created Adam. So when Iblis heard this, he, there are some, some scholars that say that he thought that it would be him. You know, he is there. He's close to God. He's already giving us, given a special kind of position amongst the angels, which is very rare. That's like, a really righteous man being allowed into heaven and being amongst the angels. It's this, it's a similar kind of thing. So Iblis thought it was going to, it was going to be him. He was thinking he's going to get a promotion. He, you know, he was just, he didn't really know what to expect. But when the angels heard this, they begin to worry, you know? And so the reason why they worried is because again, the gens were causing so much violence and corruption. They learned, they, they watched, how the jinns were living their lives and it was so different from them and this scared them because they basically acts in quran 2 um chapter 2 verse 30 they asked god they said will you set there in another creation who will cause disorder and corruption and bloodshed while we glorify you so basically they're confused they're wondering like you know oh you know what is this creation are you upset with us like they're basically worried 
that, you know, God may just dis- be displeased with them. You know, they really didn't understand. Like, angels are very, um, they're very innocent in nature. So, all their teachings come from God themselves. So they're just they're just very pious and they're just worried like, you know, why God is wanting to create something, but but um continuing on, God tells them like, I know what you know not. So basically he's saying like, I am God, like just kind of trust me. I I know, you know, what I'm doing. Like I know the purpose of this and basically he's kind of telling the angels just to kind of like you know, alluding to like, things will unfold, you will understand later. So God created Adam's body out of clay. And um, okay, I'm just going here. Um, Sarah 15 and 26, it says we created man from and surah is just again another word for chapter so chapter 15 verse 26 god says we created man from sounding clay from mud molded into shape and also in chapter 32 verse 7 he says and we began the creation of man from clay and made his progeny from a fluid so basically god created adam from a clay kind of like the pottery that you put a plant in that once it's dried it makes a hollow sound so this is how sound comes to be in our body like our voice rings within our body because we are made of clay so he formed his body but before God blew his breath into Adam to bring him to life he let the body sit there and so It was just kind of like this dark shape, this dark figure, you know, because it is from mud, you know, and Iblis saw the body and he was fearful of it. You know, it's kind of like looking at a dead body. At this point, Adam is not alive yet. His body, his form is just there, but he's not Allah. God hasn't brought him to life yet. So he began to be fearful of it. He kicked it. He examined it. He looked at it and he would flow in and out of the body. And then he said to himself that, you know, this is in a hadith that he said, clearly you are a creation made weak. So this is the first form of jealousy that happened where his jealousy, his, you know, began to form and the fear began to kind of fade away, you know, so, and this is for a purpose. So God let the jealousy build up. Now, he could have controlled it, but he didn't. He let it overcome him. And it was like a drunkenness. He could have, he could have like, again, he could have, you know, humbled himself and made it go away and changed his thought pattern. But his jealousy ultimately became arrogance. So it strengthened over time. So when it came to the point of God breathing his breath into Adam which is a righteous breath this is how this is how we are children of God because that breath turned that clay pot into a living person that's almost like that's almost like if you were to breathe your your breath onto a clay pot like you take your plant out or you buy a pot from the store now this pot has feelings, it's thinking, it's compounding thoughts, it's having kids, it has hair now, like it has blood, like if you cut it, it's bleeding, it's walking, it's like, 
this is how powerful the breath of God is. And this is what it has done to us. Like his spirit, just that one breath, like this is just the glory of God is so unimaginable. This is just his breath. Like our breath can hardly like blow out a candle. You know what I'm saying? Not to compare us to God. So God breathed his breath into Adam. Adam became alive. And so he began to teach Adam things and he brought him in front of the angels and he asked the angels, God asked the angels, name these things if ye be truthful. And the angel said, my Lord, by your grace, we cannot name these things. Basically, it's showing the the level of um, thought process that the angels have. Again, all their knowledge comes directly from God. So if God doesn't directly tell them what's happening they won't know because again their nature is so different from us they're not free thinking they're like strictly beings of his praise to do exactly what he wants them to do and um so then he asked adam to come in front of them he said name these things if you are truthful and adam began to name these things oh this is a whatever this is this this is this and the angels were astounded they were astounded by this because they began to understand like wow this creature is compounding thoughts he was adam was intelligent and basically out of respect god told the angels to bow down to Adam. This is where the story of Christianity comes in. So the angels immediately, they immediately um, bow down to Adam, not in, not in a form of worship, not to worship Adam, but to obey God and to show his, show their respect to Adam. But who doesn't bow down? Iblis. He's the only one left standing. So all the angels are bowing down there. They, you know, their heads are bowed and there is Iblis standing up. And this is a this is like appearing to be a test for Iblis, you know? So God knows best. And in um, chapter 7, verse 11, this is when the angels pro- prostrate. It says, Surely we created you, then shaped you, then said to the angels, Prostrate before Adam. So they all did, except Iblis, who refused to prostrate with the others. Then God asked him, what prevented you from prostrating when I commanded you? He replied, I am better than he and you created me from fire and him from clay. This is the first incident of racism, you guys. This is the first incident of racism ever in creation. Basically, he said, I'm better than him. I am better. That is what racism is. I am better because you made me this and they're that. And it's all off of physical attributes. It's like, I'm made from fire. He's made from clay. He was totally pushing aside the fact of the spirit, the, the nature of the spirit. He's just going by aesthetic features. I'm, I'm made of this. This person is made of that. So this is the first occurrence of racism. And it's actually, this is where racism comes from. It's a spirit of wickedness. It's a spirit of arrogance. It's a spirit of jealousy. Okay, he didn't understand that their similarities, that they're both creations of God. He didn't want to acknowledge that fact. So, and basically like, um, 
this happened in front of God himself. Like, can you imagine being so arrogant to to outright disobey God in front of him? Like, we sin, but God is not, like, visible in our presence, even though God is forever with us. But he sits high on the throne, and he's close to us as our jugular veins. But as far as, like, being in the presence of God, like, can you imagine the arrogance to disobey God in his presence, in front of all the angels? So, again, like, this is just, like, humans as far as skin color goes like oh my skin is like this your skin is like that i'm better than you again it's all it's all arrogance created um according to their physical attributes then god commands iblis to get down from here the quran continues and says allah said god said then get down from paradise it is not for you to be arrogant in this place so get out you're truly of the disgraced So this is the fall, quote unquote, that the Christians say the fall of the angel, the fall that took. So he wasn't, again, he wasn't an angel. He was a jinn. But this is when he was cast out for being disobedient to God. Okay. And this is where he gets his name change. So Satan or Shayateen in Arabic, it basically means those who have gone astray. You know, so that's where he gets his name from. So then what does he do? What does Iblis do in that moment? He lifts his hands in prayer. He makes a dua. He makes a request from God. And he says, he says, um, basically to grant him respite. So he makes an appeal. He says, then delay me until the end of, um, then delay my end until the day of resurrection so he's basically saying don't kill me now let me live until the day of resurrection until the day you raise all of us up so again this is telling of iblis knew he knows that people are going to die he knows that there's a day of judgment he knows that people will be resurrected so he's knowing again he was close to god he knows the religion and for those um excuse me as far as christians will say like you know like oh like that's that's you know a a wolf in sheep's clothing like you know yeah you have to know in order to trick someone as far as their religion like to like false prophets and stuff like that you have to really know the word and iblis knows the word this is how he this is how he can come and like kind of slither in our lives and and kind of take us off our path and cause confusion all within our religions. Excuse me. Just getting a sip of water. So basically he makes an appeal and this goes to show the mercy of God. He had just outright disobeyed God outrightly and he still makes an appeal. And God is so merciful, he hears them out. He doesn't say, you know... He doesn't shun him away. He hears him out. And you know what? He he grants him this prayer. He says, your respite is granted. Okay? So God grants him his request. And he allows him life until the day of judgment. This is why, like, the devil is... 
he is old and he will be living like that's kind of like his his trade that he made so instead of like dying because we know the devil is going to hell he's damned to hell and and he basically wants to pull every everything down with him especially adam's children because he hates adam so when you hate someone it's how can you love their children you can't you know like it's hard to separate the two and i mean i'm not going to say you can't but either way I don't want to digress because that's a whole different story. But basically, if you love the child, you have understanding and sympathy for the parent. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so then he makes a promise to God. He makes a promise to God saying that he'll misguide Adam and all of his kind. He said, for leaving me astray, I will lie in ambush for them on your straight path. I will lie in ambush. This is how like pressed he is like when you lie in ambush that's like war this is an all-out enemy of ours when someone is lying in ambush like you're walking down the street and there's someone in a hole like with some leaves over them and they're just ready to like jump out and ambush you and like take your life or like to distract you from your path like that is evil that's very wicked so this is already alluding to like his arrogance has like kind of deviated into this this like insidious um motive that he has for us he says for leaving me astray so he's like blaming god that like you did this for you leaving me astray so he doesn't want to take he doesn't want to take um his accountability he doesn't want to say you know he doesn't want to humble himself and like look at his mistakes and saying it's my arrogance my lord it's my it's my mistake. It's my jealousy. Please humble me. Please forgive me. Please. You know, he doesn't, he, he's like, he's all with damning himself. You know, he had, he knows of God's mercy, you know? So this just goes to show you that like the nature of what arrogance and jealousy can do, what it can, it can just turn you. It's like almost the root to a lot of wickedness. So again, he says, for leaving me to to stray, I will lie in ambush for, ambush for them on your straight path. I will approach them from front, their backs, their rights, and their lefts. And then you will find most of them ungra- ungrateful. Do you see the level of attack that this guy has? He's attacking you from your left, your right, at the top of you, at the bottom of you. This is like one of those Kung Fu movies where you see like that one guy and there's like 50 bad ninjas trying to fight like this is exactly how the spirit of iblis is the devil he's attacking you from all angles at all times this is why you have to be so diligent you have to be on your 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 religion you have to be on it you know because within a matter of hours just after church boom you're watching something you have no business watching you're having a conversation that pulls you pulls you down in vibration and your energy so then God tells him that he can't misguide his sincere believers. So that's God's replying to him. You know, he says, whoever is led astray by you, he would fill them with hell, both men and gin alike. So God's basically saying, um, never will you be able to misguide my true believers. If they, if they do follow your path, then I will throw them in hell with you. You see, so here's already the separation from the good and the bad. It's already starting before Adam even has kids. This is already laid out. You know, it's already it's 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 already starting to happen. 
the separation of good and bad. So when the Jinns heard of what was going on, basically when he was cast down, when he was cast down from the heavens, do you remember I told you guys that he was popular? He was a well-known guy. He took armies with him. Okay, let me say that again. Iblis took armies with him because a lot of the jinns felt they listened to his story. They said, how could God do this to you? You're, you're, you're the best of the best. You're, you're the best that we have. How could he do this to us? So again, like he, he started to spread that poison onto his kind. And when he left, so many jinns went with him. This is how he has tribes now. So now it says, it says, um, I just want to give you guys another Quran verse, basically kind of alluding to, um, alluding to the fact that the jinns do watch you from a place that you cannot see. Okay. It says, Jin sits, Jin sit from a place that you cannot see in chapter 7, verse 27. God says, Oh, children of Adam, do not let the devil dupe you as he did when he caused the eviction of your parents from the garden, from paradise, and the removal of their garments to expose their bodies. He and his tribe see you while you do not see them. We appoint the devils as companions of those who do not believe. So again, I just want to give you guys a scientific connection there. There are some lights that that fire emits and energy which is not visible to the to the human spectrum. So by the eye we can't see. This is probably what the gens are made of. These 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 invisible um light beams, okay? But basically, you can't see them. They're lurking, they're here, they're there, they're they're watching you. They're watching us. And this is just not to scare you, but the more that you understand how the spiritual world works, the better prepared you are to um, be on your righteousness, to like be on that guided path. Okay. So just going back. So um, again, God said, get thee out of paradise. You are disgraced and rejected. I will certainly fill up hell with you and your followers altogether. And then God said to Adam, Oh, Adam, live with your wife in paradise and eat from wherever you please, but do not approach this tree or you will be wrongdoers. So skipping ahead, Adam now has his wife who God put him to sleep and he pulled her out of him once he was a whole man. And then in verse I'm sorry, chapter two in the Quran, verse 36. And you guys, you Christians, if you guys are still listening at this point, you guys see the similarities in these religions. You guys see the similarities in the stories. And I hope this is filling in holes and making sense to you. It says, but Satan made them slip. Chapter two, verse 36. But Satan made them slip and he removed them from the state that they were in. We decreed go forth. Some of you are enemies of others, and there is for you in the earth a place of abode and provisions for a time. So basically, that verse is kind of, I'm sorry, that was that was alluding to earlier when um, 
Oh, so this is basically, that's the, that's the verse. So after, basically, this is what happens. Satan whispered to them, okay? And a lot of Christians think that it's Eve's fault why, why, um, why we got punished, why we got kicked out. Because in Christianity, they say that, oh, Eve got the apple. She got some fruit from the tree of knowledge, which is not really its name. It's called the tree of evil because knowledge is not evil. The more you know, the better. Like knowledge is power. Knowledge is a blessing. In Islam, its true name is the tree of evil. And God told them, do not approach this tree. Like don't even approach it. Okay. But again, they're made from a naive nature, kind of similar to the angels, like, but they have free will. So this is like the danger there. So Satan, he comes to them in a form of a whisper. Why is he whispering? Because he's not in the garden anymore. He's not physically there. He got kicked out, but he's still able to like whisper to them. And, you know, again, he's he, he can't really see. Adam and his wife can't see because they're um, can't see him because they're made from a smokeless fire. He's just a man. He can't see. So basically, he whispers to them, shall I show you a tree that can grant you eternal an eternal um, paradise and eternal life? So he didn't say like, oh, come eat this fruit like Adam and Eve weren't that naive like they had beautiful fruit all over the garden but he alluded to something else he alluded to um their innocence as far as lack of knowledge so this kind of put it in their mind that death is coming like oh we're gonna die oh well we don't want to die we want to live forever so this is how he got them to approach this tree and they approached it together Eve did not go forth before her man. Eve did not go before Adam. They approached it together side by side. Okay. And this is how Satan made them slip. So the verse that I read again before it was chapter two and 36, but Satan made them slip. This is how they fell. He re- and he removed them from the state that they were in. So they were in a state of obedience and righteousness And he basically pulled them from that. He stole their righteousness from them. He coerced them to um, disobey God. And then Adam felt guilty. So after this, you know, he basically, um, he basically approaches the tree, him and his wife. And then they feel a guilt. So they're removed from their state of righteousness. He stripped their righteousness, you know, and he revealed to Adam and Eve their their nakedness, their private parts. Basically, it's kind of like taking their innocence away. You know, like when you're children, you're not really aware of sex or um, just the the animalistic nature that it can have like it's carnal it's carnal nature like at this point they were kind of like the angels like they weren't really worried about or they didn't really have knowledge of of this and this is what satan stripped them of like and this was the nakedness that was there so they had shame on them and so basically um you know god 
This is why we fell to earth. This was the fall of man. This was this was our, now it was our turn to get out of the garden because basically the garden is a holy place. It's heaven. So once you sin, you cannot you can no longer be in that place. Once there, there's no darkness there that can exist. So once a sin happens from Iblis and then Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Really, her name is Hawa. When Adam and Hawa, when they disobeyed God, boom, all three were sent down. And God said to go, um, all three of you. And basically, you're going to live to earth. You're going to live on earth for a time. You're going to have shelter here for a time. And you're going to die and I will raise you up again. So... Yeah, this is how it all started. So therefore, um, in chapter two, verse 37, it says, therefore, Adam learned certain prayers from his Lord and begin this in the Quran, Quran, uh, chapter two, verse 37. Therefore, Adam learned certain prayers from his Lord and began to repent in the words that were taught to him. So he turned towards his him with mercy. Surely, I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) Sorry, I'm talking like that. So he turned towards him with mercy. Surely he is off returning with compassion towards his creatures and he is ever merciful. So right here, God knew that Adam had guilt in his heart. Adam and Eve, they felt they felt awful. They felt they felt terrible. They then understood that like, wow, this is an enemy of ours and this is what he's done to us. It was just I'm sure it was like a terrible feeling. And this is. This is our first father. But because he had the spirit of guilt in him and he felt ashamed and he felt he felt bad for going against God. This is when God taught Adam to repent. He taught him how to repent. He taught him how to pray, how to um, rectify his sin, how to, you know, ask for forgiveness. And that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. And that is the ultimate difference between the sins of Adam and Eve and the sins of Iblis. Iblis wasn't trying to have forgiveness. No, he was like bent out of shape. He felt like it's kind of like having a high job, working with a company for so long. You're like right next to the boss and you think he's going to make you a partner. And boom, he moves this new guy up out of nowhere and like gives him a spot that you have been like, you think, you know, you think it's going to be for you. And this is kind of where that all stems from. So in chapter two, verse 38 in the Quran, it says, we decreed go for go forth. (laughs) Sorry, go. Sorry, guys. Go forth, all of you. But remember that if there comes to you guidance from me, then whoso follows my guidance on them shall come no fear, nor shall they grieve guidance from him. This is also alluding to the Hadith. The prophets are nothing but guide guiders. They guide our lives. They teach us the right, you know, like Noah, he's teaching um, the people, the word of God. He's following out a mission, even though it makes no sense. He's, he's teaching Moses. He's telling the children, the children of Israel, follow me. I'm getting you from oppression. Like there's so many things. He sends Jesus down Christ, the Messiah, you know, and Christ is a, a forgiving spirit. He's casting out. He's 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 manifesting. He's speaking life into the dead. You know, he's every prophet here. The prophet Muhammad. He's um, teaching the Quran. The, the Quran is coming through 
um, Prophet Muhammad. So he's teaching us how to basically live as a normal man, as normal women to um, to stay on God's path. So God sent them down, all three of them to earth. And he shut the lower level, levels of heavens to the jinns. Once the Quran was sent down, so the jinns were no longer able to flow in and out of the realms of heaven. So that's how we're all stuck here as of now. So basically, again, we were expelled from heaven. So that's basically the story. Um, There's so much to tell as far as that, but I don't want to like keep you guys too long. But that is the true story of Iblis, of the devil. And again, they come to you in whispers. So you guys watch out those bad things. Like, I just want to tell you guys that like Adam and Eve, they weren't created with evil in them. They had the breath of God. Okay. It's those whispers. Like whenever you get a bad thought, seek refuge in God. Seek refuge in God. Whenever you have a bad thought, always, it's not from you. You know, like a lot of people um, teach, like a lot of spiritual teachers say that you're not your thoughts. You're definitely not your bad thoughts. So sometimes bad ideas come to you, you know, and and it sounds like your voice is sound. You think you thought of it. It sounds like you originated it. But look, seek refuge in God and take the higher path. Don't do it. You know, and I'm not speaking of like a place from um, haughtiness because I'm a human. Like we're going to be sinning until the end of time. It's just our job to lessen our sins. But basically the nature of Adam in the Quran, it says God found no firmness in him. Basically, like he stayed constantly in a state of repentance. And that's purposefully like how we created a nature so that we can stay close to God so that we can stay humbly submissive to him so we can keep our humility about ourselves and to um to not operate out of arrogance out of the ego and so we can stay within the spirit so again thank you guys for listening i hope that you um at the least found this interesting if you're a christian i i honestly appreciate you guys for um tuning in and um and I do have a website. It's called ChristiansAndMuslims.net. And um, I also have an Instagram page, The Christian and the Muslim. Basically, um, I'm just here to show the similarities. I'm not here to rip the religions apart because we are brothers under God. And um, I just want you guys to be blessed. Thank you for, um, again, tuning in. You guys have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.